Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuckadelics? Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is on the show today. This was a long time coming. Uh, we've been trying to do it. Uh, it. I think there was a couple times where it just didn't work out for some reason, but Paul Rudd will be here. He's got uh, that Marvel movie, that Ant-Man movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp, opens uh, this Friday. July 6th, we talk about that a little bit. We talk about the broader Paul situation uh, more so, but that's happening shortly. Let's hang out. Hang out here, all right? So I'm on a Netflix show called Glow, The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, and uh, and that show premiered. Uh, well, they dropped it, as, they, as Netflix does. It's not a premiere per se, but all episodes of the new season, all 10, are available as of... Last Friday, today's Monday. I do a show on Thursday. Did I mention the uh, that that glow would be dropping the day after the last show that I was on here in my garage, my own show? Did I talk about the show that I am a featured performer on, premiering the next day, dropping the next day, ten episodes? No, I did not. Did I? Did, was the oversight on purpose? It was not. What could? Did I know it was c- coming out that day? Yes. So why? Why would I not promote it? Why do I do? And I've done that before here, you know, where I, I forget to promote my gigs. I, it's a strange phenomenon. I don't know. I don't think it's fear. I don't think it's insecurity. I think that I come out here. I'm so intent on figuring out what I'm going to say right now that I, if it's not written down, I don't, uh, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I forget it because I'm, I'm caught up in sitting here playing my guitar meditating on what the fuck I'm going to say to you people. And I mean you people in a nice way. And uh, and I, I just forget to promote the wonderful things that are happening in my life. Okay, see, that might be it. That might be it. The wonderful things happening in my life I forget to talk about. I forget to engage in. I forget to be grateful for. I forget to be humbled by the journey I've been on and have some satisfaction in what I've accomplished I forget all those things I forget what I mean to some of you folks what the show means to you I forget all this good stuff that I've worked for in my entire life and just fester on the shit but nonetheless Glow uh, season 2 is up it is out it is on Netflix Uh, it did come out tremendously well 
uh, everybody did a great job. I mean, literally everybody on that show did a great job. Uh, all the uh, actors, I think they, they we did uh, a wonderful job. The uh, the directing, the writing, the everybody, every the wrestling. I mean, it's just it's been a, a thrill to be part of it, and it's exciting. You know, after you, you know you shoot these things last year, October, November, whenever we did it in the fall. And then they put it together for months, and then they put it on hold until they drop in, and then they drop in, and you're like, oh, that's what I did. That's what we all did. Look what we all did. I guess what I'm trying to, to point out is I'm proud of the show, I'm proud of the work that we all did, and I'm excited for you all to see it. So, if you didn't already know, Glow, season two, is now on Netflix. It's probably something I should have said last week. Did not say it. I got, I got an odd email because, like, I often wonder where people are at and, you know, sort of, it's not even, it's not even a substantial email, but, like, I don't, I'm always amazed. It's like in the, in the, in the movie Michael Clayton, which, if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It's, it's one of the great movies. Michael Clayton, Sidney Pollack says, uh, people are just, you know, fucking incomprehensible. People are incomprehensible. Can that be true? It is true, isn't it? I don't think it's not so much because we can't make assumptions about about human beings, but human beings in different situations will do things that you'll, you you could never know. You can never know what the fuck's going. They're incomprehensible. It's true. Whatever you think you have a handle on when it comes to other people, don't be so sure. This is a big this is a big ramp up for a cute email, but but I just. Uh, uh, it just says, sometimes the oddest things make me laugh. Mark, I was listening to the Eleanor Kerrigan episode today, and for some reason, the moment where you dropped your pen made me laugh harder than anything has for days. I can't explain it. Thanks, as always, for your show. You are a voice of empathy and reason and humor, and I appreciate the laughs, even when they come from unplanned and utterly mundane events. I don't know what's up with that guy. I don't know how it hit him, but I, that, those are the laughs that I, I, I love the most. The one guy laughing at the thing that nobody else laughed at. I don't even remember dropping my pen. But uh, it happens on stage sometimes. There's certain things where I think they're funny and I know that they're funny, but they may be awfully subtle. They may come after a barrage of other things. But sometimes I'll have a, a line where one person will laugh and it's a type of laugh that should be crying. It goes deep. It, it is unavoidable. It, it, it registered without, the, without fully even knowing what hit him or her. Love that laugh. And you're and you're welcome, Darren. You're welcome. All right. So Paul Rudd finally is here. It was I was excited to talk to him. He's a sweet guy. No one's going to say Paul's a shitty guy. I don't think. Maybe there's somebody, but not to my knowledge. Uh, the new movie is the Ant Man movie, Ant Man and the Wasp. It opens uh, this Friday, July sixth. But uh, you know, Paul's been around a long time. He's one of those guys uh, many of us feel like we kind of grew up with and. It was a pleasure to talk to him. This is me and Paul. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class.
class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Red. You know, it was really my wife and I, before our kids, yeah. really, uh, well, we were thinking, do we buy an apartment? Yeah. Or get a house upstate? Yes. Yeah. It was, I think, a better call to get the house, the house? upstate. Yeah. And, that, and that's like in the country. Yeah, yeah. And you spend a lot of time up there? As much as we can. Yeah. I guess, uh... How many kids? Just, I got two kids. So, yeah, I mean, what, what is it, half and half? No, it's... Mostly uh, city? It's mostly city. Um, and weekends, yeah. hopefully upstate or, you know, part of the summer. Oh, that's how it goes, huh? Yeah. So yeah. you're really a city guy? Pretty much. I mean, my my kids are now actual kids. Yeah. So we can't just, <laughs> you know, 13 and 8. 13? So there was a while there we were going to maybe make the move. Yeah. But my son, who now is like, you know. He's locked in. He's locked in. He's like, there's no way. There's no way we can do that. Yeah. And, and uh, Not it, disrupt. It just felt cruel. Because he's got friends, he's got uh, he's probably yeah. he's probably in business of some kind. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Well, <laughs> that's you know, and and <laughs> the the thing is, is that he says like you know we go out there. There's he really made me laugh. He yeah. said, Dad, I, I was born in the city, and you know they say uh, he wasn't even trying to make me laugh. Right. But he said, you know they say New York. Uh, is the city that never sleeps. Upstate is the city that only sleeps. There's nothing to do. And and he's right. There's really, yeah, that's what I love about it. He's out at Studio 54. You know, oh, he's got gosh, things he all is, night long. He's either, if he's not at Studio 54, he's hanging at those kind of Upper East Side Dick Cavett socials. Sure, so man. So he's this yeah. full-fledged New York City. Yeah, yeah, he probably, you know, he probably uh, told you that when you, you, know, you had swept and he hadn't swept all night and he was sitting at the counter in the kitchen still in his suit. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's it. <laughs> and a little yeah. tired from the night. Oh, thirteen, going uh, on and on about yeah. Michael Musto. Oh, of course, right, you know. that guy. Yeah, Ran- Nan-, Nan Golden. On. Nan Golden taking pictures. Yeah, that's a rough party your kids at. <laughs> yeah, he's go- <laughs> he's exploring every facet of New York City <laughs> in the nineteen seventies. You've seen that movie, Kids? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what that's yeah. what he's up so to. That's what he's living. Oh man, God, I hope not. That would be my nightmare. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Does that exist anymore? I, I think I'm 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 sure it's morphed into something else. But you know, kids in New York City is a very real thing, and I'm raising kids in new york city which is a right kind of a bizarre it seems like the romanticization of uh you know that lifestyle that was still around i don't know how old are you i'm 49 so i'm 53 so like you know there no one's romanticizing drugs really anymore in, in a cultural way mm. like when we were kids it was sort of like yeah man let's get high let's see. like i don't i don't feel that those role models are as much around as they used to be well so, I hope not. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying your yeah. kid's probably okay. <laughs> I'm sure you got him at a good school. He's not in too much trouble. You know, he's a good kid. They're yeah. both, both my kids are, are are great. And at a certain point, you could just try and you know yeah. teach them as best you can, and and then let them go be kids. Right. You got to separate, huh? Yeah. You got to let them be their own people. And you yeah. have the uh, the other one's a girl. Mm-hmm. Younger. 
Eight. Eight. Yeah. Oh man. So you've uh, so this is good times. This is the good times for the kids. Yeah. They they kind of like you. They need advice, but you don't have to worry about them constantly. Right. Well, I worry about yeah. them constantly. <laughs> I definitely. I, I did that. I've always worried about them. That's constantly. why I don't have any. Yeah. I, the the idea of having them causes me extreme panic. I I get it. I and I think that makes sense. Yeah. But you did it. You I had did it. two. Yeah. I had two of them. You, you seem like a, like a, a genuinely more stable person than I am, I believe. I don't know. I'm not so sure about that, but <laughs> I, I do know this. I was really nervous about having our the first kid yeah. uh, for a myriad of reasons, yeah. several of which I think are probably ones you you know think about but then they're got, you have to make sure they're breathing all the time and yeah but they're supposed to just do that you know and then they're they the, do kind of do that yeah that, they, they do that on their own the cramp, but, <laughs> they're just laying there in the other room right is it okay I, you wake, yeah. yeah i i don't yeah i don't know it's weird it's weird when you leave the hospital with a kid because you feel like you're doing something that's just not supposed to happen as soon as they're born they're there for a couple of days and people who know what they're doing are, yeah. are monitoring the situation right. But then they're like, okay, Here sign this, and then off you go. And you're like, what? How? <laughs> Is there a book? Wait a minute. When are you coming with me? <laughs> but when, when we had one, yeah. then I thought, well, you know, uh, I'll have six. Yeah. Once, once, we, once we had one, but then we stopped at two. Yeah, no, you don't need six. Well, I just, my immediate thought was I want the... I want them to have somebody to kind of defray medical costs with down the road when both, you know, mm. my wife or I are, oh, are, oh, are you, in the you, home. You just, oh, so you're looking ahead. I'm looking ahead. So you just wanted at least two. Yeah, I <laughs> so want at least two so that- One so, of them at least will have be have the bread to put you up somewhere. So one, yeah. so that one's like, oh, I can't just foot this whole bill. <laughs> and uh, and two, that they'll have, a, you know, at least somebody that they can kind of commiserate with. Sure, but say, you, you never know how things are going to turn. I mean, you know, you're hoping both will stay on board. One might yeah. be like, oh, fuck them. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, oh, yeah. No, it's like, still, that's it. I'm out of here and I'm never talking to any of you again. Yeah, that's why I think if you have many, your odds are better. That's just you're it. You're going to have the one bad egg, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, yeah. And so, I think we're, look, look yeah, know, I mean, even even the greatest sports teams had one guy on the that was on the on bench. the bench the whole time. Yeah, you know, uh, it's all right to, yeah, one that maybe goes and finds their own. Path. Yeah. So you're here, you're doing the promotion for the Ant movie? Yeah. yeah. Ant-Man. Yeah. Yeah. But the, you know, the, you guys with the superheroes, you like that look? That's sort of like, yeah, that's what I'm, yeah, I've mean, yeah, got to do that. Well, no, I I, I, do, I, do it's, that. it's not that. I think there's something, there's just something, uh so artificial and weird like i'm i'm excited to sit here and talk to you and it's but but yeah, then but it no, seems right. like uh oh is this this is why i'm in town no no i know but I, i'm not saying we have to talk about that but i mean i do think it's interesting because i've had i had brolin in here uh a couple weeks ago and you know his sort of like you guys are aware of the movie you're doing right and and there is like i imagine in some way you have to bend it into like uh you know, not you know uh, something fun and exciting, and and uh, something you can get behind, even though there's part of you that's sort of like eh, it's a superhero movie. You know, yeah. Well, I feel that with all things. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, it's part. You know, there are some things that I get more excited about than others. Yeah, but it is. Uh, it's you know, you go around, you have to talk about it, and essentially oh, the selling part, the selling part, which yeah. I've never really been very very good at. It's easier when it's also something that I right. you know believe in. But yeah. But you're no, you're. But you're not. You know, Brolin's like. You know, he's all distorted and weird looking. Like you can't. Yeah. You know, it's he's like half a monster. You're like just the guy. Yeah, but you're, I'm also sitting on an ant. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> so that's your price to pay. Yeah, but that's I do. Your I, cross I, to bear. I, I, I do love it. It's yeah. been a really great 
experience. It's yeah. been super fun. It has. Yeah, and and completely different, obviously, than anything else in my life. I, I mean, I just can't imagine what the, the arc of it, though, when you're like doing Shakespeare in the Park in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like they, I mean, whoever thought that this would be a, that you'd be wearing these kind of tights? It's <laughs> <laughs> true, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I guess you just look at it as an acting job when you. I mean, it's obviously it's a great opportunity. It's financially lucrative, and kids love it. it there's very, you know, there's not too many people that are going to be standing on the sidelines going, "Yeah, they fucking sold out that guy," you know. Well, I mean, that's you know, that's always was my greatest fear. I would hate to be one of those people that would be considered someone who sold out. I, yeah, what uh, does that mean anymore? Uh, yeah, though? I don't, is I, it, I, how does one do that? I Can you know. name I just one? Think it, I think it's it's basically going against your own sense oh, of what right. you know you find uh, worth worthwhile and worth doing. But uh, it it is silly. But every job is acting is is silly. The whole kind thing is, is the, right. The whole thing is just kind of weird. Yeah, I yeah. I mean I've I've been doing more of it lately, and I and I start to realize that that the, you know there there is an element of getting away with something mm. to acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, yeah. Once you figure it out, or if you're lucky enough to have the knack for it, like once if you're lucky enough to work, there are definitely days where you're on set going like, "This is fucking ridiculous." I'm just for sure. <laughs> Especially you walk outside and you see what other people are doing for real work. Yeah, yeah. And you just think, I, I mean, I really, I, yeah, you I can, scored. Yeah, and you can only justify it up to a certain point. Like it is real work. I have to sit there and do that scene nine, ten, twenty times. Yeah. You have to do that. It's hard. <laughs> you know, being an actor is really hard. <laughs> hard sell, huh? It's yeah. a hard sell. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, you have a fairly um, oddly thorough Wikipedia page that, um, like, see, because I sometimes look at these things. And like in the early life segment, I, I I almost thought maybe I should make sure, maybe you should check this to make sure it's not someone being funny. It seems very, uh, very convoluted. There, there's Ireland involved. There's England involved. Mm-hmm. There's Russia, Belarus, Poland, Jews, British, a lot going on in the first paragraph of your Wikipedia page. Uh, I don't know what it says. I haven't checked it out, but... Uh... All of a lot of those European countries, yeah. they go back from before I was born. No, I know that. I, I know, but I know that there's. I didn't a spell any time. I spent any time in Belarus. <laughs> My family's from there too. I found out. <laughs> really? Yeah, but I didn't even know you were a Jew. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, you 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 pass, man. <laughs> What's that? Was that the plan? I have no plan. <laughs> no plan. But like, where where where'd you grow up? I mean, I grew up. I was born in New Jersey. Yeah, me too. Like what part of Jersey? Palisades Park I lived in. I lived. I was born in Passaic, but I lived in Palisades Park, which is basically you cross the George Washington Bridge. Fort Lee. Kind of, yeah. It's right by Fort Lee. That's right. My aunt lived there. I remember the Palisades Amusement Park before it, it, it got taken away. Uh, yeah, I, I kept hearing about that. I think it was taken down, I think, right, right. before I was born. Or maybe right, right around the time. Right around the time, yeah. I bet, you were born. Yeah. yeah, I remember going there once. It seemed, my recollection, it was like literally in the cliff. Like, you know, like it was right there at the edge of it. That's right. Yeah. So that's where you grew up, Palisades Park? Well, I lived there until I was about five, five and a half or so. Any recollections of looking at the bridge? It must have been like- Uh, Yeah, I remember remember always uh, going into the city because it was 10 minutes away. Right there. And we'd we'd always cross the George Washington Bridge and and that we would, both my sister and I would always say, we're going across the George Washington Bridge. And it wasn't until I was an adult that I realized that was what it was actually called. I thought that was just something we made up. (laughs) Yeah, Rico <laughs> Wilder. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, you, but, but it's good that you didn't think they took it from you and renamed the bridge. That's right. Yeah, yeah. who 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 coined it first? <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, so I, you know, I remember certainly going into the city, yeah. and I remember life in New Jersey, and had family uh, in New Jersey. Humid, it's humid. Yeah, and then moved to Kansas for about a year. That's wild. A couple years, year and a half or so. Why is that? Why? But do you remember, like, in your childhood? Just curiosity. I don't know why. Do you remember, like, in, in childhood, New Jersey, Jewish? Do you remember melon and tomatoes and and sodas and stuff and fruit involved? Summers, New Jersey. Does it? Some... I I remember certain. <laughs> I don't know why. I, mean, I remember, like, either. yeah, I remember certain things with, like, the corn being very good. Yeah, right. yeah. And some yeah, of the yeah. summer, uh, right, right. Some of the summer, I never liked the tomatoes, so I right. never ate them. Right, but you remember them. But right? I remember f- the food being a certain kind of way, and people and, talking about it. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then moving around as a kid, I discovered foods in other parts of the country. Did you ever go down the shore and get like steamers or anything, clams? No, any no, I don't. I no, don't, never. That. I never did any of that. I never was kind of old enough and then also because both my parents are from london yeah oh i, I don't think that they ever even british kn- jews knew some of that stuff was going on they were british jews british jews interesting yeah i've only met a couple oh yeah i know they exist and they've been around a long time yeah but they're baffling to me there's um i, I have friends that are british jews uh-huh. and uh they have said it's uh it was tough in a way to be jewish and british that it was a there was a a high anti-Semitism oh, oh. kind of within you within within <laughs> within themselves <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, I know I bet you that's true like they're like Bob Hoskins it was the, one of the first guys I realized was a British Jew oh I didn't yeah. know that yeah but like what did they bring with them because Jersey Jews like East Coast Jews American Jews very specific kind of uh, thing give or take a few things what did the British Jew what was like what's a British Jewish thing that you grew up with. I mean, I, I don't know. Asking. I didn't grow. Yeah, I'm. We didn't grow up. I didn't grow up religious. I didn't go. Who to, does? But yeah. you're Jewish. I'm Jewish, but I mean, I. Yeah, <laughs> we celebrated Christmas, so uh, you know well, that's really pushing that's it. The, that's that's a little. Uh, we it, did that a couple of years. Y- so. Did you? Yeah, sure. My mom liked it. She likes the lights. <laughs> yeah, I so. would always say we're not supposed to do this, right? Yeah, I, um, and they would say well, look, we we celebrate for the Santa side of things. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there was probably always that assimilation. It was yeah. also a British thing. I think uh-huh. that that. Uh, maybe my mom celebrated it growing up as a kid, right? Um, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, we, you know, it, it was, uh, it certainly was a part of our lives, and it's, and if you are, you are, right? I well, was bar mitzvahed. I still, yeah, you know, you do, you do a thing. You light the candles. I mean, I did. Yeah. My mom would do it. My mom was into it. Yeah. Uh, there was a time, I think, early on when I was a kid. Yeah. Where you know we didn't really go to synagogue all that much, sure, um, uh, all that much, I mean, like barely at all. But you had to learn the you had to learn to sing the songs, uh, for the bar well, mitzvah. I, yeah, well, that was and and I went to Sunday school a couple of times. Yeah. But there was I think at this time my mom was saying, uh, "What do you think, Mike? That was my dad. Yeah, uh, are we going to send this our kids to Sunday school? Yeah, and and, and uh, his response was, "Ah, kid's got a good sense of himself. He doesn't need that shit." <laughs> <laughs> and so I never was raised very religious. Yeah, no, I, I, but yeah, but it's usually a cultural thing, which that's the interesting thing yes. to me. Yeah, is that because they were British and you didn't grow up with that kind of like first or second generation Jewish experience, East Coast thing. Yeah, that the actual cultural experience was not the same. Well, the thing is, the the, the cultural experience, regardless of where you are, uh-huh. and I, I've described it this way before which is it's kind of in the marrow of your bones right and while we were not religious 
I think that we all identified as Jews. Yeah. And my dad, uh, who didn't really believe in any organized religion, sure. didn't really, I think, believe in God or anything like that. Right. So it was never, that was not a part of my life growing up. Right. Uh, at the same time, was fascinated with Judaism. Couldn't, there was always a Hitler documentary on in the house. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and he was very pro Israel yeah. and, uh, and, uh, proud to be Jewish. Sure. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, it's not, you know, if you don't look, if no one teaches you how to use God, what you don't, you know, you, you're not going to use it, but it doesn't, you know, but, it, you, but you are taught that you're a Jew. Yeah. 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 You're, you're a Jew. But I don't know. I, I mean, right. I, I, if no one teaches you how to use God, I think some people probably no, find I mean, it as a, as a kid in their own way. Yeah. Maybe you can find it, but I mean, I, I think it's, it's got to be, I don't know. You know, like uh, later in life, uh, you know, the wheels have really got to come off mm. <laughs> to, to really embrace it. Yeah, I think so. Well, that's 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 does seem to be the time when people find them. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> but uh, have you I, found them? Uh, uh, no, uh. I know. I, I um. But what are you doing with your kids? Uh, kind of the same thing. They got My pretty good sense of themselves. Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a tough thing to kind of. Right. Uh, you know, navigate, navigate, and like my son was just bar mitzvahed. You did it. I we did it. Yeah, and um, it was really. So you're done. You did it. <laughs> we did it. It was really <laughs> mellow. Yeah, and it was just like a kind of a, a small group. And uh -huh. he said that, uh, look, I'll do it. You know, all of his friends are doing it. <laughs> yeah, sure. And uh, and I think that there's something to be said about participating in something that is thousands of years old yeah. that gives you a sense of sanity and and something continual tradition uh, yeah there's something tradition to <laughs> there's something to it yeah there is something at least comforting to that yeah. when my grandfather died i remember it was a year later it was the unveiling of his yeah. uh tombstone yeah and i was there uh and everyone started putting a rock on it and i didn't yeah. i didn't realize that was a thing you did right but my mom did it, and then I did it, and and um, you gotta go take a rock off another tombstone. Yeah, well, that's just it. This we were in a rockless cemetery, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and uh, and I remember in that small gesture, thinking, "Wow, this is pretty crazy. People have done this for a very long time." Yeah, and there's something good about that. Sure, you know, yeah, yeah, because it's a sense of history. That's right. Yeah, uh, which you know is slowly being chipped away at, and that's a, and that makes us feel sane and probably puts our own importance in line of where it actually is, which is minimal. Right. I think that's good. I think that's good. So maybe that that's the lesson you, you pass on. Well, well, he said, you know, he said, look, I'll do it, and I said, here's the reason why you should do it. Is I, I went kid? To, is yeah. I said yeah. because later on, you know, you might find something from this down the road. It will affect you in ways possibly that yeah. you might not predict. And two, there's something nice about being around other Jewish people. Maybe later on, when they're talking about their bar mitzvahs, yeah. you won't feel self conscious and say like, "Oh yeah, uh, I didn't have that." Yeah. Um, but <laughs> right. but, but uh, he said, "Look, I don't believe in certain aspects of this, and as far as a God and all this." And yeah. he's 13, and and I, I I couldn't really debate him on a lot of it. I'm like, "Well, yeah, no, I get that." Right, right. He said to you, like, "I was hanging out with Lou Reed the other night, and." Uh, yeah. We're yeah. having a discussion. Yeah, no, we were we were we were. I was I was <laughs> up all night. I was up with with uh, David Byrne, yeah. uh, Lou Reed, yeah. Debbie Harry, yeah. and, and Tom Verlaine, and the God thing came up, and, and, it, and we were just like, you know what? 
Let's yep. just check out the Ramones and go all night. And <laughs> yeah. this is just not something I'm I'm ready to deal with. I'll meet you at the factory. <laughs> well, that's good. That yeah. I mean, those those are interesting conversations. It must be interesting because uh, I don't th- I don't know how attentive my parents were in 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 doing those conversations. Well, I mean, I don't think that these are conversations that I instigate. No, and I, know, I, I don't think yeah. that they happen actually with too, too much frequency either. Right. No, no, it's one or two. Yeah. Just like you remembered, we'll you know, see. what your dad said. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know. Then... Well, I mean, this is it. I never, uh, there was a time, I think, in my tw- early 20s yeah. when I was really having this kind of spiritual and existential debate and reading is reading books and, and, and oh, yeah? things. Oh, yeah, yourself? Yeah, and I had, you know, I had, had a buddy of mine, I think post-college, a friend of mine who had died and uh, I was dating a girl who yeah. was really into kind of new age uh, past life stuff. I was like, all kinds rocks of stuff. And, rocks oh, and yeah, smells. eagle feathers and yeah. crystals. Mm. And uh, but anyway, I remember having a conversation with my dad once. Who we had gone through a particularly rough period when it came to uh, finances and everything. And my dad was feeling pretty. Um, I think in life. I mean, as a family, you as a through. family, yeah. uh, pr- you know, pretty cynical and. Um, beat up and but I, I said you know dad you know we, we never grew up with any of this stuff and, yeah. you know you talk about being Jewish but like do you believe in a in God do you believe in anything and, and this is when he did tell me yeah. I don't really believe in any organized religion right I'm interested in Judaism from the historical perspective and yeah. that it's a series of, it's with the laws of the land yeah. right. there are aspects to it that I think make sense which is enjoy your life uh, try and acquire knowledge yeah. and uh, because but really all I worry about is if treat people the way I will want to be treated and the rest will take care of itself if there is anything else <laughs> and I'm and he goes that's that's all I think about and that's all I can. and and that's the way I think I feel too but was that the beginning of your existential crisis <laughs> or was it- that's what kicked it off <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Now what do I do? Uh, well, that's like well, well, that's sort of interesting. So you like well, let's go back when you grew up. Where'd you do most of the growing up? Most of the growing up, I feel like the uh, really the kind of the crucial years for yeah. me were in Kansas City because I went from New Jersey to Kansas to California for about three and a half years, mm-hmm. and then back to Kansas City. My dad used to work for. Uh, TWA Airlines and TWA's hub was in Kansas City. Wow. So uh, I remember TWA. Yeah. And that's, that's why we moved. So, um, I would say from the age of, from the age of 10 to 20, I was in Kansas City. Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas Uh, City, Kansas, Kansas, but about 10 minutes from the state line. People aren't there two Kansas cities around people always think that, but there's really one Kansas City, oh, it just happens but it be. just happens to sprawl over into both sides. There's a, there's a street called State Line Road, mm-hmm. and that's the border of the two states. And so on, you know, on the left side, you're Got in Kansas, it. on the right side, Kansas you're in Kansas Kansas City, Kansas, right. Yeah. That's the mid, well, that is the definition of the Midwest. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're a British Jewish family in Kansas City. Right. Are, are, are you... Uh, like what is growing up there like? What is inspiring about it? Because like now I don't, you know, I was it ever in any way progressive or you know interesting? Yeah, I, I think that um, it was. It was a nice place to grow up, and I I, I liked it. Okay, yeah. Um, I think we all have these general ideas of what places are are like. Sure, and uh, certainly people have an idea of what Kansas is like, and yet in Kansas City. 
there are many aspects to living there mm-hmm. and people that you meet and the kind of sure. progressive thought that are go in, that are in contrast with right. what people's general uh, opinions of that state might be. Um, so I found some you know pretty good friends. Uh, there were actually other Jews. None of them went to my school. Yeah, <laughs> but I heard about them. Yeah, I heard that they they were in town. The mythical Jews. <laughs> but um, honestly, what I remember kind of when I first got there, yeah, was the things that a kid would notice, sure. which is they they talk differently. Like in New Jersey, I remember uh, everybody says orange, uh-huh. and then when I got to Kansas City, everyone said orange. Yeah. And then when I got to uh, California, everyone said, oh, it's hot, you know, or that's rad. And then in Kansas City, everyone said, that's excellent. Yeah. Uh, And so, like, these were kind of the big differences that I really noticed between states and that you couldn't get OP shorts or vans in Kansas. That's, well, that's the big one. Yeah, that was, by the way, that was the biggest one (laughs) when I was 11 years old. Uh, And so- um, You wanted those OP corduroy shorts? So badly. I had a bunch, (laughs) but you just, you know, I was so, I would get so excited Uh if in Kansas, I saw somebody wearing Vans or OPs. I'd go to go, are you from California? (laughs) Like strangers. And, and, you know, this was (laughs) pre-Zappos. Yeah, sure, man. Um, And I, uh, yeah, I had like a, a, a weird kind of unabashed enthusiasm uh, with like anybody that was had anything like kind of from California, right. which I had just come from. The same thing, if anybody ever had some kind of snack that I could that you could only get in London, you know, like round tree fruit gums or something, I would freak out. And I think that it was kind of some sort of deep seated. Uh, longing to be where I had just come from because I did feel a little bit like uh, an island. You know, or stranded. A little, a little bit, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but you, you know, right, because in your memory, you knew you'd been in big places before. Yeah. And now it's sort of like, are we cut off? Are well, we, I didn't even know. have really kind of a, a grasp of it. As a little kid, yeah. you know, we traveled a lot because my dad worked for an airline. Right. My parents were both born in London. Yeah. Uh, I'd already lived in three states before the time I was in. And you I were going back ten, to London occasionally? All the time and traveling with, you know, my dad would have some kind of uh, job thing. And so we'd travel with him. And then, and then um, so I, m- you know, my worldview was, was, was pretty big as a kid, but I didn't realize that that wasn't the norm. Right. And so when I would meet other kids and I would say, you know, where are you from? And they say, I'm from Kansas. And by the way, they'd be nine years old. Right. So I'm from here. Yeah. I'd say, wait a minute, you're from you're from here? You were born here? Well, what about your what about your mom and dad? It's like, oh yeah, they were born here too. And I was, I, that was like, you're a Martian. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute, yeah, that's not even possible. You got to get out. But it wasn't even that you got to get out. It was even it was more of just a, 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 such an an a bizarre idea yeah. that somebody could actually live in the place that they were born. I didn't think that that was nor I didn't understand that's what most people did. Yeah, I, I think that I, I relate to that because I like if I think about it, I was so dug in family-wise in New Jersey because my both my parents were from there and I'd go back all the time mm-hmm. and I lived there when I was a little kid but when I, when I was in New Mexico, the idea that people would live there felt, you know, like uh, or for generations, it was sort of weird and, and backward and 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 seemingly uh, kind of limited. Yeah, but you know they don't think that. You know, your reality is your reality. Yeah, yeah, and you had that same. I mean, obviously, New Jersey to New Mexico. Yeah, and Alaska for two years. Uh, wow, Anchorage. you really? I thought I had it 
diverse. But I never went to uh, but Alaska because my old man was in the service. So I can't, you know, and then we, yeah, but New Mexico was a big shift. But I always was very connected to the family back east. And, right. you know, I always, which becomes a, a point of pride, really. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go to New York. Yeah. You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, we would go back too because my, you know, my dad's brother, my yeah. aunt and uncle and cousins, and my grandparents were still in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, that was an, uh, an amazing thing. I like, I remember when I was in high school, I made my friend David go with me to New York. I'm like, let's go. I got to show you New York because he'd never gone. Mm-hmm. He'd never been there. And, and we did that. And we, I remember we bought uh, Famolari shoes because they gave us three inches and we had fake IDs and it was a big deal. We were going to go get a beer. Nice. <laughs> Like at Hamburger Harry's or somewhere. Some <laughs> shitty place. We're just sort of like, we're going to do it. <laughs> you planning yeah, it? Yeah. Talking a, about it for a long time. Pitch your beer. Oh, man. And they bring it and you're like, fuck yeah. Yeah, we did it. We, we, pulled, do it, we it. pulled it off. Yeah. It's the best. <laughs> it, it, it went really, like that. Oh, that, yeah. kind of, that kind of excitement yeah, over yeah, something like, like that. Yeah. Like, just sitting there, just uh, kids getting drunk. What's better? Nothing. <laughs> no, it's all behind us. So, uh, so you're in Kansas. And, well, I don't know, like, I guess I was being presumptuous or making assumptions about, you know, what you like, because like, when you bring up OP and Vans, like, I remember that. Yeah. I had a friend who's very into OPs, and then I got into them, and then I, I remember the corduroy shirts and yeah. the pockets were a certain And you let your boxer shorts hang below. Under the, the cor- cuff? The, the, yeah, so that your boxers were kind of hanging out a little bit below the shorts. Oh, yeah, I didn't I didn't get that far away. That was, some, that was serious. But That's I when remember. you wanted to up it up, uh, you know. That level. was it. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I remember the shirts, the yeah. t-shirts, yeah. and I. Yeah, but I don't know if I was into him as much as my friend was into him. But because he was into him, I got into him. Right. But you were all in. But you like weren't a punk rock kid or an art kid necessarily. Um, I don't know. I I liked. Uh, I remember when I moved to California the first time. I thought it was weird. Every kid has a skateboard. Right. So that was a whole new kind of experience. Mm-hmm. And then I got into kind of skateboarding and BMX. Yeah. But really peripherally. Could you do pools? Uh, no, hmm. no, bunny hops. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get into it. I didn't get into it where I was really proficient. Your life. Yeah, <laughs> but I was like, but I get you know, I'd read read magazines and sure learn about zap pads. You didn't need a helmet though. Did <laughs> I you have, have a helmet? I didn't have a helmet. Oh, so you. Um, yeah, yeah, and red lines and mongoose and all of those. So you had the shit, but you I didn't... had the shit. But you you didn't but walk the walk. Right? I, I I would have liked to, but the, yeah. by the time I think I discovered it, I'd already yeah. gone to Kansas, and that yeah. stuff you couldn't find it. Right. Um, but then I started kind of getting into, you know, uh, as a a young teenager, kind of uh, weird new well new wave kind of stuff, and yeah. and and some punk music, and yeah. Uh, and and then some Euro kind of keyboardy stuff. But but because you grew up in the Midwest, like I grew up in Albuquerque, you know, you you're like not unlike that movie. Uh, what is it? You're, you're with the Jason Segel, the Rush movie. Oh, I love you, man. I love you, man. Like you know that you know that was part of my life. Like you know those bands. Like you know you had to meet somebody who was or go somewhere to turn you on. To alternative shit, or you're going to be locked in with Rush and Bob yeah. Seger, well, and that foreigner. And by whatever. the way, all of those songs, yeah. all of those artists are playing on Kansas City radio right now. They're playing as, everywhere right now. Yeah, but I mean, that's all still Tom Petty. Yeah, that's. I had a theory about Kansas City. Yeah, that is uh, Kansas, Kansas, it, Kansas City, Kansas, and Missouri. That no, it, but it, like the band Kansas. <laughs> oh, the band Kansas. Carry yeah. on my wayward son. There'll be peace when, when you, you are gone. gone. Yeah. 
But I, I always said that you will be able to find Bad to the Bone on the radio at any Bad to the Bone one time. Really thorough good? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah. but but that was sort of what you were up against. That's what you were- I, And I didn't like any of it. No. I really rebelled against all of that kind of stuff. Really? I didn't like it. No. OP was your rebellion? Well, this was a little post. This little was a later. couple years after that. When, when you, I was like, hey guys, I'm sorry, I'm listening to Depeche Mode and Howard Jones. You guys can uh, take your Kansas and your- and Look your, at my skinny tie. And your, and your Uriah Heap. Uriah Heap. That's going back even further. <laughs> yeah, I, well, okay. So your yes. Take your yes. Take I, your yes. I say no to your yes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but you went new wave. That's good. I went. Yeah. I went. Uh, yeah, I went real new wave. Any Bowie? Little Bowie? Yeah, I like Bowie, but I was never uh, an aficionado. Like I didn't. I don't think I ever quite discovered the brilliance. Sure. Uh, well, who were you aficionado of? I mean, Howard Jones can only go so far. Yeah, can only go so far. Yeah. I was. Uh, I really, I really got into like kind of the Smiths and REM. Oh, okay. Um, but then before that, uh, Depeche Mode, huge. Mm. My first concert yeah. was the Stray Cats. Sure. Uh, and I loved- uh, That was a good, good few albums. Yeah. I loved, um, I really liked In Excess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah no, I'm not judging. You're looking <laughs> at me like, what are you going to come at me with that? <laughs> what do you, no, you got to say I about would that, say, Mary? I would say Depeche Mode- was it? There was a, you know, there are a few years there yeah. where it's like, if you wrote Depeche Mode on a piece of paper, <laughs> I would offer you money for it. Because I just like anything Depeche Mode, just I want to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Huh? I, I, what was their big hit? I'm trying to remember. I know I got a Depeche Mode record in there <laughs> with the older records. Like, uh, yeah. Well, People Are People, I think, was the, probably oh. that big hit that really. But was. REM, like, that was something. That was a time. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So when does uh, acting become an interest to you, really? Well, I suppose it, in the abstract, it was always an interest, do you even though it wasn't you, anything that do I Do we need to deal with abstracts? Let's deal with in abstracts. Abstract. In the abstract, <laughs> it was always like, you mean like- In the abstract, because I didn't realize that this was the kind of thing somebody might be able oh, to right. do. I hear that a lot. It's kind of interesting. Well, I, why I mean, would you know? Yeah. It wasn't- No one in my family had ever done anything sure. like this. I was living in a place where this kind of thing- What about siblings? You have them? I have a sister. How yeah. old? She, Older than you? She's two and a half years younger than me. Okay. Um, and so I think that, you know, the idea of being an actor wasn't something that I really ever wrapped my brain around right. until I was maybe 16 or 17 and somebody had suggested it, uh-huh. but I did l- kind of gravitate towards comedians and comedy at a pretty young age. Uh, and maybe it's because I moved around so much, uh-huh. uh, or maybe it has nothing to do with any of that, and I just really liked comedians. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, comedians make sense of things. I, I think that kids who like comedians, like, who are the comedians you like? Well, um, I loved Steve Martin. Yeah. You know, when those albums came right. out, I think those were seminal to, yeah. you know, a generation of, of comedians, for right. sure. Uh, I used to listen to Mel Brooks and uh, the 2,000-year-old 2000 2000 man year old a man, lot yeah. with, my, with my dad. Yeah. I loved George Carlin right. as a kid, and, yeah. and to this day, probably consider him maybe my favorite yeah did you ever get to work with him or meet him never met him mm. no, never worked with him. well yeah because i think for me like when i look back at my my compulsive sort of interest in comedy was because they seemed to have a handle on things these you know and they made yeah. you laugh and they made sense of things and they made you look at things differently and yeah. you know it was like you know when you're young or you're a little vague on what your identity is or who you're gonna be you know these guys seem to know what they're talking about who was it for you who was it that uh 
Well, I mean, like I, when I was a kid, I liked uh, like I, I liked Jackie Vernon and you know Don Rickles and Buddy Hackett because my grandmother, they, right. he was my grandfather liked slapstick, but my grandmother liked those old guys. And then, like later, you know, uh, you know, Woody Allen became important. And then I had all the mm-hmm. Carlin records, Cheech and Chong records. I had the Steve Martin records, and yeah. then SNL for you know that thing. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I mean, I and Richard Pryor. That when I saw that Richard Pryor live in concert, the first movie, when I was in high school, like fourteen or fifteen years old, I was like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Like me and my friend Dave went to a movie theater to see a stand-up comedy movie, and it was insane. I know. To watch it, it was insane. It was the best. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. It did tend to make sense of things. Yeah, yeah. I, well, that's why I got into it, I think. It, it was innate. Like, yeah. how do you get, how do I get a handle on this shit? You know, it's like, well, make it funny. Yeah. He figured it out. And it's interesting to see how your interest in it and who you're kind of drawn to starts to change. Yeah. Where, you know, I, I, it's funny, like when I hear Steve Martin talk yeah. about those years You're and right. how and how he unhappy just, he was, unha- yeah, or how he doesn't feel uh, like it was that funny yeah. or what he, you know. Uh, I think even as a kid, I understood the on some innate sense, some part of me of uh, this that it's more than silliness that the deconstruction and uh-huh. kind of uh, philosophical experience that it. It actually was in in silliness. Same thing with Monty Python. Yeah, you know, we would watch that. Sure, obviously because of British parents. Like as a kid on PBS, you'd have to oh, watch it. All, yeah, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, and uh, and so I think there was that first thing of oh my god, these are grown ups acting in insane. Like <laughs> yeah. I've never seen such silliness. Out yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Uh, grown ups. Yeah, and then uh, you know, and I would love. Like shows like Make Me Laugh and all, of, and and, oh, yeah, and then getting yeah. into Bobby Van, Make Me Bobby Laugh, yeah, and Bruce Bruce Bomb, Bruce Bomb, and uh, Bruce, <laughs> yeah, and Gary Mule Deer, yeah. and uh, oh, yeah. I would still go down the uh, the, 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 the rabbit hole of you know Joe Bolster and oh uh, yeah, and, and all of the, all, all of those comedians, and then when I then we got HBO and all of a sudden there was what is this Robert Klein special? And, oh yeah, and you right. know, there's nine of them. Another yeah. <laughs> one, he still can't stop his Wait, foot. He's at Yale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I mean, it, right. So you like you just you loved it, and then you know I, saw, I remember and, seeing Steve Martin. I saw Steve Martin on that first tour. Oh wow! Uh, after the first record, it was at the it might have been at the uh, at the pit at the basketball stadium. I remember seeing him. You did. Was it? But he, but was he, it? What was that like? Well, it was great because it was big. You know, like he was not. I if I look back on it, he's obviously not an influence or necessarily even somebody that you know I I put in my top ten. Mm-hmm. But that, that he was something at the moment. It was like you know he was a rock star. Like he was sort of like, hey, let's get small. Like I had the records, but like I didn't get the same out of them as I got out of Carlin. Sure, where you got a history, an identity. A, well, a, a critical I, he's culture. the guy I think that I I probably think of more than anybody and. Of having more uh, importance to, uh, in my life, even as an as an adult, uh-huh. I think the way that I approach certain things in my life, he was our greatest social commentator. There are many times where I think about what's going on in the world, yeah. I think, and I think about what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always thinking right. about his bit on saving the planet. Uh-huh. Uh, he said, "You know, I love people. I hate groups, but I love people." Um, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, because then, you know, my interest in comedy uh, was 
starting to veer. I mean, in my early 20s, re- got really into Andy Kaufman and then turning into kind of the anti uh, more performance art aspect. This of was it. during your the existential crisis period. I think it was probably. I remember him as a kid and thinking he was really funny on on SNL. And, but you didn't realize the scope of it. Well, I I remember watching him on Letterman. Sure, with the like, wrestling thing. With or, what? Uh, during the wrestling period. Yeah, yeah. I remember the re- I remember the wrestling period and thinking, well, this is kind of weird, right? Um, and and yet. I, again, feeling like I think he's doing something to provoke people and not even understanding what that was. Yeah. That there was something intrinsically interesting about it. Right, right. Um, and then I really got into that. Yeah. And his whole thing about getting just uh, reactions and yeah. hearing stories about some of his early routines about, you know, coming out on stage eating potatoes and then going to sleep yeah. and that was his act and yeah. thinking that's brilliant yeah <laughs> and yeah. and unless you're there unless you're there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Well, right. if you're there about an hour into that you're yeah. like what's happening yeah just, yeah we, do we leave do we... <laughs> yeah having an intellectual appreciation yeah. of it and an emotional <laughs> annoyance <laughs> yeah no but like so but like okay so so you're in your teens. Someone says you should get into acting, and this stuff's all coming into your head. And you know, in and basically, we were talking about you realizing that maybe it is a profession if these grownups can act this silly on some level, right? That you know, it, it, there's a, there's an avenue there. Well, I think that when did I did you do stand up? Did you go see no, live stand up? And, and I, I used to see stand up whenever people would kind of come through. I saw some really cool shows. I saw Bill Hicks in a room of about twenty people. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, when you were in high school or later? Uh, or yeah, college? high school. Really? Yeah, and uh, and I saw Carlin a few times in Kansas City. Yeah, was, I, whenever comedian, I saw Jay Leno. Yeah, uh, he was good. Wasn't he was he? great. Yep. So that was a. So you loved was, it. I loved it. You thought about doing it? I I think I thought about doing it. Um, for a little while, yeah. but not not seriously. Uh, again, it was something that I I also really liked art and drawing, and it seemed like, well, who's a comedian? Were I you mean, drawing? I was trying to. Yeah. Um, and I th- I think that naturally I started to gravitate towards speech class, you know, public speaking class, and 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 there was a radio and TV class, and huh. I junior high and then high school yeah i used to make these little short movies and do uh they called it in kansas city forensics Uh it was like speech tournaments and Uh stuff um but i was also huge hugely influenced i'd say comedically and just by letterman letterman was the guy right and so a lot of the stuff that i was doing in high school with those uh with a video camera in that class i think was letterman-esque or trying to be sure um but I would make these kind of these shorts and things to show on uh, on our school TV channel. And yeah. My next door neighbor said, "Have you ever thought about being an actor?" Because I was also doing, you know, like these speech. Tournaments. So you kind of like hosting things and like kind of like with that with a kind of Letterman approach. Well, uh, they were more just kind of yeah, you know, like like I remember one of the very first ones I did was I I decided that I was going to go out trick or treating on October 19th yeah. just to beat the rush <laughs> and I was going to film it and just see what see what people would give me that's funny um, and so that was one of, one of the first and then they started to get progressively weirder 
And, and this is before Kaufman, right? This is before you. Yeah, I was probably about. I was probably about seventeen, sixteen, uh-huh. seventeen, uh-huh. seventeen, maybe. Um, and then what happened? Which what? What was the next one? Um, oh, I would just. They started to turn into like tra- comedy routines. Like yeah. I was going to a grocery store yeah. and seeing. I don't know, just taking a camera and seeing what would happen. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then making videos and 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 things like that. Were you having a good time? Uh, yeah, it was it was it was just fun. Did you have a crew? No, there was one other guy, a friend of mine named Brendan Snegus, yeah. that we would do a lot of these videos Snegus? together. Yes, yeah, how's he doing? How's he doing? He's great. I saw him recently. I hadn't seen him in year, like twenty something years. Good name. Yeah, a good dude. Oh, good. He went into social work. He's oh, a great guy. Good. That's yeah, a much, noble profession. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but very very funny yeah. guy. And uh, you saw him back in Kansas. I saw him back in Kansas. Yeah, that's great. And. Um, did you go to a reunion or something? I did. Oh. We used to have, there was a radio show in our in our school. You could, there was like a little radio booth uh-huh. and you could play music. Uh-huh. And I remember for a secret Santa once I got in class, I got a dolphin uh-huh. that had a just a horrible squeaking sound. Yeah. And we locked the doors. We named the dolphin Flapjack. Yeah. And we thought we were hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, and then just started squeaking it into the microphone and just not stopping. And they couldn't get... They couldn't open the door. Yeah. And did and we did it for I mean ten ten minutes. Again, this is pre Kaufman, yeah. pre being yeah. introduced. But to this Kaufman. is you, you could see like you. I had it in I, I it's like it it was just waiting to be discovered. <laughs> <laughs> this amazing propensity to annoy people yeah. for long periods of time relentlessly. <laughs> it just repetition. It just seemed funny. Yeah. yeah. Well that well that is funny. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So but, the guy but, tells you you should be, you know, so you're doing all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I'm doing all this stuff and he had seen uh, my videos and stuff and had and, and knew that I did these speech tournaments and he said, have you ever thought about being an actor? Yeah. This is, I, I go back to this story and I don't know whether or not it's true. I think maybe it is or yeah. maybe I've just said it so much that now I really think it's true. But it seemed to be a bit of a thunderbolt moment where I thought, hmm, an actor, his son was an actor in New York and uh, the guys the guys your yeah, neighbors my neighbor yeah and um, so you kind of knew it was possible and I think that I started you know I I started thinking about acting more than just uh, comedy right and 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 so then what what I do remember feeling when I made the decision to study uh, theater and, and acting that I uh, went into it whole hog I didn't right. I didn't ever waver from right. it right and I feel like I figured that out as, uh, you know, like maybe an 18-year-old. And then, and then you got into the theater program in, in where, in college? I did a, a play in college. Uh, yeah, I studied theater in college. Here and it I, comes. Oh, is that the leaf blower? Here it comes. Sounds like an alien ship is about to land. It's coming. What if a bunch of leaves just blow in <laughs> the, the window smashes? And, yeah. Yeah. What if he just keeps going like a Kaufman bit and just comes right behind here and just doesn't shut it off? <laughs> I think, you know, I, I never, like, usually, like, I, I have, I'm trying to, like, I know they come at this time, but I, you know, I thought we'd get in under the wire, but we'll keep going until, like, it, we'll just let it until be it a performance piece. Yeah. And then we'll we'll just wait until it goes away. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's yeah. exciting. You know, like, we feel like something's going to happen now. Something's going to happen, You could, Paul. you could... It's, Maybe even put another somehow bring up a chord on your computer or something. Sure. And we can add a layer of an har- a harmonic to it, and it will create like well, maybe, an ambient c- kind of soundscape. 
Well, let's do that with our voices. All right. When it, let's hear, hear it. Wait, can we hear it? No, but when it gets close, we'll do it. So you go, you do a play, what, in college before you get into the program? I did a play. I did a couple of plays in high school. I did a play oh, in college. School. And then and then when I was at, I went to the University of Kansas. And then midway through, I'm like, I'm going to go to this theater conservatory, this school. Called, in Kansas? Uh, in California called the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Yeah, I've heard of that. And uh, You just decided. I just decided. Why on that one? Uh, seemed like they had a pretty impressive alumni list. Oh, that was that was it. So you were festering I, about it. You're I, like, I got to get out I, and do I'd this. I'd heard. I thought, like, well, if I'm going to do this, yeah, uh, I need to go there because that's yeah. where everybody goes, right? And I didn't really research other schools. Yeah, um, I didn't. I was just like, all right, this seems good. I knew somebody else that was auditioning for that school, yeah. a friend of mine. But you had to audition. You had to audition. I got in. And, um, but I never even visited the first day I even saw it was the first day that I went to school there. You just all in. I just went, I decided, I just decided. Yeah. That's all right. And, um, I don't know if it's all right, but it's what it's, well, what do you, would you get caught up in like, I'm going to try to get into Yale. And so, you know, you got in, go it's acting. Yeah. You're, you're trying you're, to go to Juilliard, <laughs> Carnegie Mellon. By the Fuck way, it, I did. don't think I didn't have that after the fact kind of. I should have looked at Yale, and I should have looked at Carnegie Mellon. I should have looked at Juilliard because it seemed like oh, those are the places. Those would have killed you. They would have. I no. I would have. I would have embraced. I one. I doubt. I don't. I doubt. I would have. Juilliard gotten sounds miserable. I think maybe it might have been. I have friends that went to Juilliard and loved it. Yeah. How they doing career wise? Uh, they're actually a couple of them are doing okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But uh, I don't know. I think that my, now that I have a little bit of, uh, I can look back in the rear view mirror. You did all right for yourself? No, well, I started thinking, <laughs> ant man. this is the thing about acting schools. <laughs> they're all going to teach you how to ride an ant. Uh. No, they're, they're, they all, they, you know, you get it, you're exposed to plays. Yeah. You're always right. reading plays and right. working on scenes. And ultimately, that's it. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Well, that, and that's what you do. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's the good part. I mean, you're, you're reading plays and you're working on scenes. Yeah. And you learn, for me, there were certain things in acting school that I was like, what the fuck is this? Where they'll, we'll all lie down on the ground, yeah. close our eyes, and now we have to act like the color green yeah. and get up and do it. And I, I remember even starting off, I was doing it all, yeah, but thinking, what? <laughs> and if all of my friends walked into this class right now and saw this, yeah. and all my friends were not actors, if Brendan actor came students, over, if yeah. Brendan was there, Brendan, they, they all just are making fun of it so much. <laughs> and and yet there were certain things in school, tangible things, yeah. that I could hold on to that made a lot of sense. Practical, Thing, practical things. Like I had a teacher named Diana Stevenson who was great, yeah. and she said. Uh, here's a way. Here's a good way to to memorize your lines. Write them out. Don't say them. Write them. Yeah. If, if you're working on a scene, and yeah. then and you also have to you have to look at the other people's lines. Yeah. Uh, so you read those, so you know what your response will be, and then you yeah. start writing it out. Well, it's a great way to memorize things because yeah. when you write it out, it gets into your brain in a much deeper way, and then if you mess up, you have to go back and do it again and do it again until you get a word perfect. Uh huh. And that works for you. That works. You that, still that do also, it? That also, I, I do. Yeah. When I'm doing a play, I do. Yeah. Um, there's something uh, very tangible yeah. about that. And, right. And that kind of stuff, I think- And applicable. Yeah. And if you're doing Shakespeare, there yeah. are certain rules that you kind of have to follow. And there are certain things you could do, like buy Shakespeare's glossary and go through and figure out what it is you're saying. Yeah. Uh, and 
you know, I wouldn't have learned that kind of stuff without going to school. How much, how much Shakespeare have you done? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. A lot? I mean, not a lot. A, a fair amount. Sure. I mean, but I just don't talk, like I talk to a lot of actors, but not everybody has a stage component that seems to go on. Like you, you like doing stage. Well, I liked, uh, I wanted to kind of be, I wanted to have a career that was going to last. Mm -hmm. And I thought the way to do that is to know the, your craft a little bit. And yeah. the way to learn your craft, if you're an actor, is to do theater. Right. Uh, all the actors that I really admired did that. Yeah. And so uh, I went in I went in that direction. That's yeah. part of why I moved. I mean, it's a big reason why I moved to New York. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I still believe that. I still try and do it. It's been a few years since I've done a play. But, yeah. Um, but I also enjoy doing it. Too. Yeah. Well, I mean, like in, we were talking sort of uh, glibly and uh, dismissively about the process of, of acting, but, and, but I, and I do think it applies to, you know, maybe movies and TV in terms of like, because you really, it's, 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 it's almost a, a, an experiment in blue balls, it, you know, in terms of like waiting to do a scene, like yeah. everything is so disconnected, you know, every, there's no sort of... Uh, like narrative uh, through line, like when you're acting in those things, it is sort of a job because you've got to take everything apart and show up for bits and pieces. Yeah. And it, it, it's not very satisfying. But I imagine the theater, because it's like you start and then you go to the end. Right. And yeah. you've got to be in it. That is a very different sensation. And it's also, it's it's can be thankless and, and it's not, I don't know, like yeah. the thrill of the stage. I, 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 that do, that is true, and I know it sounds like I'm contradicting myself, but there's something pretty cool when it's clicking and an audience is into it and yeah. there is an exchange of uh, energy. Yeah, It's a bit like, you know, if you're telling a joke or if you hear somebody telling a joke and they're telling it really, really well mm -hmm. and there's a kind of a several people around listening to the joke yeah and and it really lands yeah in that build-up to the punchline yeah the the air is charged yeah and so amplify that yeah by you know a thousand people in a theater yeah and what people don't that don't do theater maybe don't realize is just how much energy we're the people on stage are getting from the audience where each show feels drastically different yeah. based on who's watching and um and it's a it's a it's a strange and fascinating feeling yeah to uh have it work yeah and you feel that lightness yeah uh and in that moment it's really cool yeah and then when it's done it's great because it's just like oh it's over it's like a workout yeah yeah you feel great after yeah. a workout but you never really want to go to do the workout right right sometimes i feel that doing a play <laughs> yeah yeah no i feel yeah. it about you know comedy i feel yeah. yeah i well i mean in a place <laughs> i talked to harbor david harbor he's so funny he's talking about you know not stage fright but just panic in general yeah like and he just had this like he told this story <laughs> about like he'd be like like you know he's in a major play and like he's about ready to make his entrance and he's like oh, fuck it. somebody give me a script like you know like, <laughs> yeah i know that feeling so well like yeah what what am i what am i supposed to say 
yeah. because it is a little bit of it's like you know, whatever you do for the next 10 seconds yeah. don't think of a pink elephant right right you know you're right, going to exactly right like, whatever you do you're going to go on stage in front of you know all this many people whatever you do don't forget your lines <laughs> right oh, right god oh god i don't oh, know god. any of them i don't know any of them. yeah it sucks <laughs> it's such it's terror it's terror <laughs> <laughs> has that ever happened where you don't know your shit um i have had uh, moments on stage where it's like uh, blank or I, or I start thinking two or three lines ahead oh, right. where you're in the middle of a run and you've done, f- you know, 50 performances yeah. already. And so you can kind of, you, you know, everybody's lines. Right. And, um, and in those moments, yeah. you can think, oh, all right, three. What's three lines ahead? Like you just if for a second you get out of it. You yeah. take yourself right, out right, of right. it. I know. Where this too is. long. To- and then, and then you're, and then you're like, oh, Oh God! Oh oh my God! Oh my God! And and a momentary. Oh, it's the worst feeling in the world. <laughs> and you just look like look into the eyes of whoever's on stage uh, with, with you. you, and they know. And they well they know. And I feel like something kicks in in them where they just take they they go into full on safety net mode. Right. Right. Uh, or. What's really bad is if they get what you got, <laughs> and then you're, you're both lost. And then you're both lost. <laughs> that's terrible. And the audience doesn't know. Well, that's the other thing. Audiences, audiniences never know. Yeah. They, the, what, the terror yeah, that you're going through. The terror, or if you mess up. I mean, any actor oh, so that, that's been on that has done a play, people come back afterward, and you say, like, "Oh my God, I can't believe you're in that moment. You guys saw it when uh, I did this, this, yeah. and this." And they're like, "What? <laughs> no, it's great. We loved it. Yeah, we had no idea that. And <laughs> we're just so egotistical yeah. that we assume everyone is really dissecting what it is that we're doing. It's true. They're that they they're thinking about themselves, and everybody's like, thinking about themselves always. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but you know, we we're talking about comedy and about. What's interesting to me, like a lot of times, is just people's timing. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, some people have timing and some people don't. And like, I, I think there's a lot uh, in terms of what makes me laugh and just like, just the timing yeah. of it. Like, it, I mean, you know, sometimes timing, you don't even know what was said. It was just said just at the, the right moment. The musicality yeah, of yeah. something. And, you know, it's, you like the music, you like a certain band because right. the way they sound. Right. The way they <laughs> yeah. put their rhythms together. Right. But you right. got, you have good timing, you have good comedic timing and, and it's, uh, it's always uh, great to see you. But I was thinking about that. I guess like your movie career, I know you did a lot of TV here and there, but the Wet Hot American Summer was sort of this big cult hit. Yeah. Did that sort of land you on the radar of things or was it before that? No, I think it was, that was, uh, there are certain things that have kind of, I look back and think, oh, this yeah. was a, this was important in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. And, and Wet Hot American Summer was something that uh, when I read it, I was, oh my God, I, I love this so much. Yeah. And I knew David, I knew, I knew those guys. From uh, where? Um, well, I watched the state. Yeah. And, uh, and so I knew who they were. Right. And I had become friends with them by the time we started making that film. Yeah. I had, I had worked on um, Romeo and Juliet. You know, with the Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. Oh I was, yeah, I was, I was in. I was in that, and there was another guy in that named Zach Orth. Zach is also. I know in, Zach. Yeah, so you know Zach, and I don't know him, but I've yeah. He's great. Yeah, and he w- lived in New York. Yeah, and uh, I lived in New York, and so we became friends on that film. And then when we got back to N- Manhattan, he said, "You know, my buddies are doing this play. Yeah, uh, called Sex, aka Wieners and Boobs." And uh, it was Showalter and uh, and uh, Joe Latrulio and yeah. a lot of those guys. And so I went to go see it, 
and loved it. And then David said, look, we have this script. We're trying to make this movie. Um, and I was like, oh, my God. Well, this is kind of the first thing I've ever read or that uh, seemed like it, was, it kind of spoke to my own yeah. sense of humor. You know, everything was kind of every comedy you'd ever yeah. read was like, all right, that's kind of funny, yeah. but not like this. Yeah. And so that was the feeling in, in making it, uh, that we all, everyone got the joke. Yeah. Everyone was friends right. and everybody kind of, even midway through, I remember Zach saying to me, I, I don't know if this will ever come out. I just, yeah. I just want to have a videotape of it. Yeah. And I was like, I know what you mean. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so I think because of that movie, yeah. um, in the comedy world, uh, people saw it and liked it. Yeah. And, and and it certainly played a part in me getting the role in Anchorman, which was certainly a kind of sea change, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's I think it's time for the interlude. Yeah. You gotta do one of these like. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's I could have done it longer and I laughed. Damn it. And I feel bad breaking it because yeah. it's going against what I instinctually oh, so want you, to do. So you feel like... In, I, could do this, I could do this for another 45 minutes. Right. Your instinct is to like, let's keep, just end this way, but keep doing it keep, for keep, an just hour. Keep, keep doing <laughs> it. Yeah. For an hour. And on Knocked Up, on the movie Knocked Up, yeah. there was a scene where Seth Rogen and I are yeah. in um, uh, Las Vegas and... Uh, during that shoot, that shoot was like four days in Las Vegas. Right. Uh, other guys in the cast like, yeah. came out and we were all going out to Las Vegas as a, in a group. Uh, we were like going to go to some, um, like a, like a club yeah. and, uh, and then do, you know, go around and like something that none of us really are right. the guys that do that, but sure. we're like, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're and I do. think early on I made a joke. I was on my cell phone saying, Pretending I was calling Treat Williams and like, hey, Treat, yeah, was that? Oh, yeah, man, come out, yeah, we're hitting, we're going to rain, yeah, 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 uh huh, uh huh, yeah, yeah. And I made some joke that was, uh, it wasn't really funny, and I realized the only way to make it funny is to just keep talking to him, yeah, and all night, okay. and and so, and you the, can treat, 
I was just talking, laughing, and just talking to Treat Williams for about three out three hours or so, three and a half hours. Really? No, no, I wasn't talking were to anybody. You, were you getting the reaction to it? No, the guys were just like, <laughs> all right. They, and every every few minutes, they'd look over and they'd they'd laugh, saying, "Wow, you're sticking with this." <laughs> yeah. And I I think they had an appreciation that I was sticking with it, especially because we then went to a few different places, and I never engaged in any of the conversation. I just only per- only pretended to be talking to Treat Williams. Then we went back to a casino, and everyone sat at a blackjack table. Yeah. But I'm not allowed. To, you're not allowed to talk on a cell phone and sit yeah. at the blackjack table. So I stood behind them and didn't play, and just kept laughing and pretending to talk to Treat Williams. And the whole night out, I never engaged in anything. Only just talked to Treat Williams. And and uh, and so that is the equivalent of. Let's get. Hold on. Where is he? Now that I've called attention to it, I feel like I can't continue. Like it, it, I can't continue the length of this. But what made me break it in the first place was wondering if somebody was listening to yeah. this. And do you think either uh, one that woke him up, yeah, or two put him, put him to sleep, or made him go like this is fucking ridiculous? I, I think, think maybe the majority said, "All right, went all right, f- fast forward enough." Right? Yeah. I, we don't even know if my my producer is going to leave it in. No. <laughs> I, oh, that, so, I yeah. think you should. But, yeah. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll make note. I yeah. say I think it's important to me and Paul that you play. at least, <laughs> if if your producer decides to cut it, at least we have to let the people know yeah. we did it for a really long. Yeah, time. Yeah, you did it. Like I mean, like I felt at some point during one of those runs that you were like, "How long can I do this for without taking a breath?" That's that's like that's you right. Challenge yourself. Yeah, and and the only way you can do it is if you go really really deep and go and not release a lot of air. Yeah, like that. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'll see how long I can do that. This this <sighs> this this has to be the most boring thing you've ever done with anybody at the desk. I've never done it. I've never done it. No, me either. <sighs> I, I'm just glad you broke because I, I'm like it got to that like you know I got to that point where I'm like, am I going to pass out to try to win no, this? It was, it was, it was, it was so Judd Apatow, yeah, changed everything. Yeah, Anchorman, huge huge uh, thing there. And then he became like sort of a Judd Apatow surrogate in a way, like you played his his vision of himself twice didn't you uh, yeah at least yeah, yeah would have been like in this is 40 this is 40 and then knocked up yeah right yeah and that relationship is uh are you guys friends do you have an understanding do you oh yeah yeah friends i saw him two weeks ago yeah i see him do com- i see him at the comedy store now a lot yeah he's fun right you, oh yeah. yeah i love him yeah he, he's he's great uh the whole family is great and it's a it was and is a very unique experience yeah to kind of 
act opposite his wife and daughters yeah. with him in the room. <laughs> that is wild. It's kind of weird. He trusts you. I think he, I think he does, yeah. Yeah, I, he, I think he... He trusts you to be him. Well, he, yeah, I think he does. Yeah. I remember before we did This Is 40, he's like, come on over and just hang out at the house and see what our life is like. Uh-huh. And, and like, I remember like going with him, like putting the girls to bed. It's creepy. <laughs> the two like, like, they, they, yeah. Yeah. They're kind of thinking about this. And, and how the girls react, were they? I think that they, I think that they were just, all right. Yeah, they already knew who I was. Right. You know, oh, yeah, they grew sure. up, like they, ever since they were little, they knew who, they knew who I was. But, yeah. um, I don't know. They were probably already used to so much weirdness in yeah, their life that right. had to do with the movie business. Yeah. And now the old man's back doing comedy talking about him. This is what they needed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the, in the David Wayne and Show Walter, you know, all, you've sort of grown up with them too, right? Yeah. You've done a lot of their movies. Yeah. And still really close with uh, that whole community, that whole, that whole crowd. Yeah. Joe lives around here. I know. Like, in, in Don Knotts' old house. Does he really? Yeah, that's Don I had, Knotts. Oh, house. I had no idea. Yeah. I've not been over there. I, I ran into his wife at an event. I saw them at the award show. And I know, like, it's one of those things like, hey, we should all like, yeah, well, maybe that. I don't know if that's going to happen. Oh, well, I, I'd like to. But I like as, you have I'm to I'm sure sort he of, would too. I know, but like, how do you do that as grownups? I got to figure out how to do that. It's it's harder it's harder as grownups. It's harder when you're married. It's harder if you have, and they have kids, kids. And it's yeah. sort of like, you know, we're not, you know, we've, we've sort of known each other just in passing. Right. So like, let's try the new friend thing. And have yet, a dinner. you two would be uh, total chums. Yeah, yeah. No, I like him. He's done, he's been in here. Yeah. Heard in the old garage. Yeah. Oh, I saw you in Duncan Jones's movie. That was the interesting turn. Like the the like you don't you need to do a few more movies where you're, you're just a completely horrendous person. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I you know I I liked it a lot of it. You, you know, I thought it was an interesting movie, and I thought that the riff on the original who was the other guy was it Justin, Justin Thoreau? Thoreau yeah. yeah, that the riff on the original Mash was odd. Yeah, so, yeah to make really, those characters horrible, really weird. Yeah, and to put them in that movie. Yeah. In the future, in yeah. Berlin, it, it was so. When I read it, I was like, "Uh huh." Yeah. Uh, and I met Duncan, who I really like, and, yeah, and think is a, a really talented filmmaker. But uh, he's the one that kind of explained it to me, and yeah, I thought, well, I, I, I want to go along for this ride. It's, yeah, it seems like it's a weird one. Well, I thought that it was uh, like I, I was sort of surprised that you know, sort of like you're one of these guys that we've all grown to uh, know and love uh, in terms of the range that you've made available in the movies, right? The comedies, like you know, I you know, we've seen you sad and happy and whatever, but we haven't seen you menacing. Right. necessarily and you know like it's funny because you enter it like i'm watching i'm like oh look it's cute paul rudd and then you're like what the fuck yeah awful person yeah he's like yeah but you turn like like when you get evil you're like no he can do that it <laughs> it would it would be nice to do it more often right that's i don't what... think i don't think people necessarily think of me for things like that nor uh, maybe want to see me in things like that. But that isn't that interesting. People they know what you, you know. You 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 have a marketable quality that you that's uh, worked for you for many years, and you know, and, and it's, uh, obviously it's a big part of who you are. But you know, you are an actor, right? But it's, so does that get frustrating? Yeah, at times. Yeah, and w- you, have you tried to do things that I have, and you know, sometimes they're the they're 
the right things, and sometimes they're not. Yeah, there have been, I've been offered throughout the years things yeah. that were like dramatic roles, yeah. but I just didn't really connect with them. Right. I don't want to do something dramatic or play a bad guy for the sake of playing a bad guy. It has right. to be the right thing. Yeah. Um, and I've done done it on in plays. Yeah. Um, more than movies or anything like that, but um, it it can be a little uh frustrating, but that's you know at the same time to complain about certain things seems a little. No, no, I get it. I get, but like, what? I mean, you've got it's got to be available to you in a small movie, an indie movie, where it's just a matter of. I I would imagine having discussions with a director like you must have had with Duncan, where you know it's it's sort of who would want you to play against type. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while, I meet a filmmaker who does. Yeah, Um, and uh, I think in the right thing, it can be an effective thing. Sure, have a preconceived notion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I am. Right. Uh, But I never really had the kind of um, purposeful decision making that said I'm going to do something dramatic because I just did a comedy yeah you know I'm going to switch it up and really and maybe I should have no but I I didn't really and don't really think in um, that way yeah Uh, I think more in terms of wow I really like this a lot of comedies I read and I was like these are really fun I think yeah. they'd be fun to work on I yeah. love the people and it was yeah. good people I'd worked sure. with many times yeah. and in truth that is really what I probably enjoy the most yeah, yeah. Well, why Why fuck that up I don't know yeah I, I, it, these are also <laughs> at the end of the day yeah. it's a movie right so who gives a shit <laughs> nobody cares it's not that important anyway 99% of the world doesn't care at all I, but um, is that true I think so but some uh, things are memorable well, absolutely. You know, some movies like they they change lives. They do. Yeah, they do. And they look. They had enough of an impact on like me. That my, they changed my, my life. Look at what I want to do for a living. But, right. But like my girlfriend, like uh, I'm like I'm gonna interview Paul Rudd, and she's like, well, "Who is he again?" And I said, "Well, you know, he's in the Judd Apatow. Oh, the one who was looking at the hemorrhoid uh, on his own asshole." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Yeah, that guy." It's like, "Oh, that was funny." Oh, so you so know, so there we go. I changed your girlfriend's <laughs> life. <laughs> You're that guy. I'm that guy. So, um, so anyway, what I was going to say is that like you know you see a movie and it's two hours. You don't yeah. like it. You can you can walk out. Right. But when you're making it, it's months on end, and That's you're right. you're in it. And yeah. so the experience, I have certainly done it enough now mm-hmm. for a long enough time that the experience of working on something counts uh, a lot. Yeah. And sure, I want to enjoy it. Yeah, it's like it's half a year. Yeah. Of your life mm-hmm. sometimes, yeah. right? When you do that, do you usually have the kids over or what do they do? No, I mean, not it. normally I'll go, I'll travel back on oh, weekends. Right, right, right. I mean, a lot of the Marvel stuff has been shooting in Georgia and because I live in uh, New York, it's really easy. Not too bad, yeah. It's not too bad. If uh, if it's during the summer, yeah, I will, they'll come with me if, you know, but they got while. their lives now. Sure, and yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah, so it, that's the, that's honestly like the hardest part of this whole job. Is uh, being away from the kids? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I bet. Well, good luck with the movie. Thank you. What, uh, wh- are you shooting something now? You got something coming up that, you know, you want to break news? No, no, I got, uh, <laughs> I got, no, I got, I got no news to break. You just do, you're going to do the Ant-Man publicity and then have a summer or what? Yeah. Uh, which t- is going to take up a big chunk of the summer. You just starting it? When's just it starting. Op- it opens when? July 6th. Oh yeah. So you got a couple weeks, huh? Yeah. Yeah, and then it comes out later in Europe because so you got to go over there right o- uh-huh. after. Yeah, you still have family in England. I do. Oh, well, yeah. that'd be nice. Yeah, do you see them. Yeah, I'll see them. I'm only going to be there for about two days, but I'm I'm going to see them. Yeah, 
All right, buddy. Well, it was, fun. It was I'm glad we got to do this finally. Yeah, me we, too. And we we had a good we did some experimental stuff. Yeah. Yes. I like it. We really we made an ambient soundtrack. Yeah, we did a lot of things here today. We really did. Yeah. I feel <laughs> I feel you've really we we've run ourselves through, through the ringer. Let's just go to Joe Trulia's house and knock on the door. Yeah. And go like, "Hey, look. Hey, we're here. <laughs> Tell us about Don Knotts. Did you find anything in the attic?" Oh, Don Knotts. All right. Lovely man, just as a, just as expected. Lovely person that that Paul Rudd fella. Glow on Netflix is up. Uh, second season two is on now. Okay, I'll play some guitar. I'm playing. I'm playing sloppier guitar. I'm playing more distorted guitar because I don't know. It's satisfying, you know. I, I, and my the action on this guitar is way too high. And I don't know what happened. If it bowed or what, but I got to bring it in to get fixed. But. I, I, I know strings are old, but uh, why can't I just keep up? Do I need a guitar tech for my hobbying? Is that what I fucking need? A guitar tech for my hobbying? Am I at that point in my career? <laughs> 